Today on the show, we take part in a rescue mission that we've been, quite frankly, putting off for the last uh, eight to ten years. Welcome to The Lost Cantina, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and themes behind our favorite galaxy far, far away. So come on in, pull up a chair, and pour yourself a glass of, let's go with blue milk this time around. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, not green milk. I said blue. We don't know, what, we don't know what, where the blue milk comes from. We haven't figured that out yet. It's nerfs, I assume. Uh, so yeah, come on and pour your favorite animal beverage of choice from the star wars universe and join us as we discuss episode one of ahsoka quit your gagging over there did you hear that beep i did hear the beep no idea what that was never heard that before in my life (laughs) i'm terrified it's the imperials coming for you yeah fucking jesus christ Go get my let me go get my blaster real quick. Hold on. I'm gonna put that in the show. Jaden doesn't know, so I'm just I'm just saying this right now. He has no idea that I'm talking right now. All right, yeah, so I have no idea what the fuck that was. Uh, Where do you want to take it from? So welcome. I'm Kevin. And I'm Jaden. And today we are going to be talking about Ahsoka, episode one. Let's go. The show that I feel like has been coming out for 25 years. <laughs> yeah, good right? Lord. We've been kicking around talking about this show since, I think, like year two of Lore Party, I think. Yeah. We've just been, like, yeah. planning it, and it finally is here. And we got to watch it, and now we get to discuss it with all of you. I'm so excited for this because it. this episode as we go into detail and stuff, you're going to find out that like the theme of this episode that we kind of like agreed upon was the feeling of connection, like connecting yes. with others. We get, we'll get into that, you know, in a moment, you know, when we go through the episode. So look out for, for these themes, but when it comes to rebels, clone wars, just prepare yourself. We really get to take our time and just sit in that kind of, world it's not a 15 minute episode or anything like that like this is a very nice chunk of of just that kind of vibe this uh episode is was written and directed by dave filoni and if you don't know uh we are huge fans of dave filoni praise be him and his cowboy hat uh we think that he i mean at least i i don't know i might be speaking for you kevin but i think he is probably the most star wars yeah he's the one i trust the most with star wars besides george Mm -hmm. lucas because yeah, George yeah, Lucas yeah. can make mistakes. But I think Dave Filoni has figured out the correct way of what he wants to do with it. And this is, yeah. this is just a fun way of him like transitioning the characters that he created for uh, Disney and turning them into live action, which is yeah. awesome to see. Now, just to give you a heads up, if you haven't watched Star Wars Rebels, 
you're a fool, go watch it. But if you don't have the time to watch it, it's okay. Ahsoka still feels like a show you can watch without seeing Rebels. Yeah, and and in general, if you just have seen even just Star Wars, like the prequels and the main movies, you can follow this yeah. fine. Absolutely. Just know who Ahsoka is and you'll be fine. Yeah. It's funny. I, I hate to plug another podcast here right away, but I was watching the live of Thank the Maker and their reaction, and they said it pretty well. You know, Star Wars, we have a lot of shows and stuff made by people who love Star Wars, and this show clearly is made by not just somebody who loves Star Wars, but who is quite literally the Star Wars nerd. I would say, yeah, yeah. And 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 it it shows. It really shows. To add on to that, I saw a clip a long time ago of like John Favreau and Dave Filoni on like a, uh, I don't know, they were on like a podcast or like a discussion show. Yeah. And they were just talking about random stuff. And then all of a sudden it just turned into a big debate between the two of them about Luke Skywalker's like beliefs. And it was the funniest thing in the world because the two of them were just like, like they clearly they talked about it for like two solid minutes. And then John Favreau just goes like, oh, right, I'm I'm on camera. And he was like, "Eh, you see what happens when you get us in a room together? That's what happens. And it was just really funny to watch him be like. (laughs) Like shut up, shut up, Dave. We gotta, we gotta finish this fucking show. We can talk about this later. I promise. I'll call you on Skype. It's just like being in school, like at lunchtime, like just talking yes. nerd stuff with your friend. Yeah, yeah, that's literally what it is. Speaking of uh, talking to us, we would love to hear from our listeners. So please, if you have any ideas for future episodes or anything you want to talk about, feel free to email us at thelostcantinapod at gmail We would love to hear about your ideas and your thoughts of how you think the show is going so far and how you think our show is going so far. Um, if you want to hear from the rest of the Lore Party team, we also stream weekly on Twitch, so be sure to catch us on twitch.tv slash lore underscore party. And, of course, you're going to connect with us on Instagram and X at the Lost <laughs> Cantina. You notice how I hesitated there because I'm not sure if we're still calling it that or not. I don't, I don't know. know, man. Look, we're going to keep the account for a while to see how long we can until make it, it. but Yeah, until yeah. it burns to the ground. Pretty much. So before we dive into all of that, uh, if you haven't, please go out and watch the first episode of Ahsoka, episode one, Master and Apprentice on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and then once you're done, come on back and we'll have a great discussion of it. All right, we've warned you. Let's get started. We begin the episode in the perfect Star Wars fashion, a crawl, but this one was a little different. Instead of going, it was like, it was like a weird, like instead of fading the way it normally does, it just kind of like scrolled a little bit. It was cool because it was like you're reading the book. So for those who don't know, this story for Ahsoka is based on uh, Heir to the Empire, which yes. is a book. And the the crawl coming up, it wasn't in the middle of the screen. It was off to the side, almost like reading the intro or the back of a book. So I thought that was really cool. And it wasn't yellow. This shit yeah. was red. It was red. Which, and yeah, before we, I guess we should talk about that too. Uh, before we go any further, um, Heir to the Empire is a good book to read if you want to get an idea of what's going to happen. However, we've already seen things from Heir to the Empire can't really be adapted one for one. You know, there are certain characters mm-hmm. that don't mm-hmm. exist. Yeah, cough, cough, uh, Jason and Jaina Solo. They've now been replaced mm-hmm. with Ben Solo. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's still kind of a way to make it work, but I don't think they're going to do it that way. But that being said, it's a fantastic book and you should read it. Uh, we get kind of... Uh, a brief history lesson like in the beginning of the episode of like who Thrawn is and how he's like no longer you know he's presumed he's 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 in exile they, they don't think he's dead they thought he was dead but now they're his true believers are believing that he's still alive 
And Ahsoka is trying to find a map uh, that a prisoner that she fought in the episode of Mandalorian, Morgan Elsbeth, uh, told her about. And they both believe that it will lead them to Thrawn. But we get the feeling that Ahsoka might not just be looking for Thrawn, which we'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. And after that, we see a rebel ship coming into frame, which right away, it's going to be a lot of pausing for me, a lot of pausing, I'm sorry. Um, this ship is actually an old cannon ship that has been brought back in to the new cannon. It was originally a torpedo boat. It was a ship that you could get in uh, Star Wars Empire at War. It was a special ship in the DLC, in the DLC of Empire at War. It was a torpedo boat that literally just fired proton torpedoes. And it was so cool that they repurposed it and brought it back in here. I thought it was really cool that it felt like the original Star Wars when you see the Star Destroyer following the Alderaan ship in the first episode and kind of how like a lot of the original uh, Star Wars movies felt, you know, with it starts with this giant ship flying into frame and it, it, it literally felt like the first movie. Yes, absolutely. I loved it. I loved it. So after you see the ship, we go to the bridge as Captain Hale, who has clearly been around for a hot minute, he's alerted to another ship entering their sector. And the ship uses, when he asks, like, let's figure out who this is, the ship is using an old Jedi code. And it requests to come on board and speak to the prisoner. And and, and that's already fishy. or just a random ship showing yep. up. Because they thought it was somebody else, and then clearly it's not who they were expecting. So he's already, like, super sus. He's like, wait a minute, hold on a second. And right off the bat, he's like, nah. He knows that the Jedi are pretty much very much gone. So this high-value prisoner that they're, like, already transporting, he's like, ooh, <laughs> what? Like, he's like, they're not even fucking trying. <laughs> like, this is weird. And so he's like, all right, all right, I'm going to call their bluff. And he and I will tell you, this is just a grave mistake. <laughs> but he just is like, I'll call their bluff. Let them on the ship. And he decides to just, like, let him go. Like, well, what? I think that's the dumbest thing. I'm sorry. But it was like, wait a minute. Hold on. I think, honestly, it was one of those things where, like, he he just thought, oh, well, you know, because here's the thing. They didn't expect Force users on the fucking yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, they expected yeah, two sure, guys sure. in robes pretending to yeah, be Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Like, please, just hand over the hand them over. But it's like, yeah. You guys just fucking shot them down. But they were flying a, re- a Jedi ship. That was kind of cool. An old, an old Republic ship. Yep. One thing that I thought was really cool is if you look at all the badges that they have for their rank, you know how, like, the Empire had this very um, orderly badge, you know, for rank? We see the, yeah. the rankings. This is just, like, a piece of metal with, like, a button on it. A and button it looks on it. terrible. Like a, oh, like no, a cheap I love it. Lego light. It was so bad. <laughs> well, what I what I love is that they've, they've managed to make the Rebel uniform or the New Republic uniforms. They've updated them a lot. Like, I yeah, love yeah, those, yeah, yeah. those blue uniforms with the helmet. I, yep. That helmet is my favorite helmet in Star Wars. It's the dumbest looking helmet in the world, but I love it. Yeah. Uh, basically, the the two uh, strange people they land, you know, the ship lands. The two people get out of it, and they they're looking more Sithly than Jedi. The older uh, Jedi, in air quotes, uh, is, is named Balin Skull. Which, by the way, yeah, that guy's got the. I love Star Wars because they always find like creepy names for everything. It's great. Bad guys will always be named bad guy things. Uh, he says, thank you for letting them on board. And he seems to be in a rush to get past the captain. Captain Hale puts his hand on him. He's like, hey, no, you guys are you guys are definitely not who you say you are. So show me your identification. He calls them like imperial scum. He's like, yeah. you loser imperial scum. He's like, I gotcha. And then Skull's like, allow me to show you our identification. 
and they just fucking pull lightsabers and they just start killing everyone on the ship like using the force it was badass it was it's so great cool. and we get another hallway scene it's fantastic yep yep and when when uh they use the force you hear this like animalistic roar which i was like hold on a second that because the sound design in this whole thing is amazing it felt Absolutely. more like he had this primal force using ability like like it just felt like he was very much more like using it not necessarily in a controlling factor not even like a sithy control fa- like it just felt primal like he was yeah. just like fuck this like it was it was it was cool it was really dope yep. um and yeah we get we get a hallway scene and scrolls he's walking through the hallway and it was very much reminiscent of vader in rogue one like he's just one handing his saber just like easily just like do 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 you know yep. moving shit out of the way killing people we're finally getting to see we're seeing you know the jedi being used against regular people and it just shows the power that they have it's incredible it it was it was so badass like i was hooked right away then we he opens the the cell in the hallway using the force which yep. is so funny to me because you always had like Jedi using the droids to open the doors. Like, come on, R2, open the droid. And he's just like, whatever, force. <laughs> well, I mean, they couldn't see it. I, f- I feel like the force is very much like you have to see it to be able to interact with it. I guess, I guess. He he opens it and Morgan Elsbeth is there. He lets her free and we find out he's a mercenary. He says, you know, I'm paid, you know, plenty of money or whatever. I'm paid enough to do this. You pay me enough to save you. Yeah, pretty much. And she says, all right, you know, the map, I told somebody where it is. We're going to go find them. And he's like, who? And she's like, Ahsoka. And she's going to try to stop us, basically. And then after that, we we cut to what feels like a transition to Jedi Fallen Order or Jedi Survival. We have uh, a lone Jedi walking across a ruined planet towards some temple ruins. And it's revealed to be Ahsoka. And she does this really cool move where she throws her lightsabers into the thing and it spins in a circle and she drops down on a platform. I really like that. Kind of wondering if they're going to include that in a future DLC for Jedi. but That'd be sick. I wonder if this planet Arcana is going to be in any DLCs. Probably. I mean, that's the cool thing. We were talking about this too before we started recording that it feels like they're connecting the gaming world and this. They're like at least bringing in the art style and the direction of it seems a lot more interconnected than... Yeah. Uh, Star Wars has been in the past, which yeah, is really nice. Definitely. She drops in and we see three figures uh, carved into the walls, which, you know, I I think it's pretty safe to say these are probably the Wills, ancient mm-hmm. uh, Force users. These three figures holding like a little, a little orb and their eyes seem to be made of black stone and they seem to be following her around the room the entire time. It's very creepy. It's very creepy. She figures out like this little puzzle, which was kind of cool. It's a very Indian... Very Indiana Jones. She basically gets to be Indiana Jones for the day, which I was like, this is kind of fun, seeing another character do that. She finds uh, this like little, little obelisk uh, appears, and she opens it, and there's the the sphere, the Apple of Eden from Assassin's Creed. That's what I felt. like. I thought it all looked like the Apple of Eden. I thought it was cool. And, uh, yeah, she takes that, and she uh, just jumps back up through the hole that she made. But wait, somebody's there now. We see a drone, a lone droid, who's like, you're going to give us the the map. And she's like, us? And then, like, four other drones show up, and they're all like, us, 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 oh, us, one of us. And so a fight sequence breaks out, and it's super badass, and she just beats the shit out of all these drones. Yep. She throws two of them back into the chamber, 
And when she defeats all the ones that are up above, they come up and she cuts the head off one of them. And it says, initiate self-destruct sequence. And so they all start initiating their self-destruct sequence. So she's like, oh, shit. And she just turns around and starts booking it. And in typical heroic fashion, she runs to her ship just in time, piloted by, I believe it's pronounced Huang, the uh, droid from the Jedi Order, the OG Order. Uh, well, I say OG, but, you know, the First Republic that we follow. Yeah. Voiced by the lovely David Tennant. Yeah, it sounds great. The droids, they explode, and essentially they just, like, nuke the area. Because she was having calm issues with him, and, you know, because he was flying a little far and yep. so she was like god damn it you're not around i'm trying you know i need you to i need you to be around but she gets on the ship you know just in the nick of time kind of thing as the planet's just that the area of the temple is like decimated which you know she well she's chiding him he basically is like hey my my programming is still in line with the jedi order yeah and what's interesting is uh ahsoka says that well yeah well the order doesn't exist anymore which is interesting because luke is running around trying to build his jedi temple Yep. So that is interesting that she says the order doesn't exist because I feel like she would. I mean, I guess technically it doesn't because he hasn't started yet. He's working on it, but he hasn't started yet. Do we know exactly where this is in the timeline at the moment? This is after Mando, right? This is after Mando season three. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. Or at least we we think because they mentioned yeah. Thrawn in Mando season three. They're like, hey, where is Thrawn? We haven't seen him in a minute. While they're while they're debating this, they actually get a phone call that says that uh, the the ship carrying the prisoner she turned over, Morgan, uh, was attacked. So they show up and they see Home One, which is great to see it that back in its glory after forty years of being mothballed. <laughs> and uh, they are they are reunited with another Star Wars Rebels character or another Dave Filoni uh, creation, Hera Syndulla. General Hera Syndulla. She's gotten no hey. she's she's kept her, her rank from the end of Rebels, which is great. It's really cool because you know she flies in and you see you see the ghost kind of sitting off to the side and then they start having their interaction. And it was just it's just so nice being back on home one. That's nice. And you see like all the people, like it's it felt like a Star Wars, like an old time Star Wars movie, you know, like Yeah, like uh right before the Battle of Endor. Yeah, yeah, like, like uh, there's just people around. They're hanging out. They're doing their own thing. They're in the hangar. They're everybody's working but having fun and like exactly. It, it just felt reminiscent of like the older older movies, which I loved. And so Ahsoka is now debriefed on what happened. Basically, she sees the hologram of these two uh, Jedi imposters, and she's kind of concerned since she knows right now that there are very few people who can wield the Force, including herself. So Huang suggests one may have been a Jedi, possibly. We don't know. Well, Ahsoka first believes that these guys are mercenaries, which, yes, correct. But losing uh, Elsbeth doesn't ruin their day because she's got the map. So she shows Hera the map, and uh, she explains the map to what it's going to be. It's going to find Thrawn. And she's kind of like, wait a minute. It's kind of like, wait, Thrawn's dead. Like, this, this no, like, this, this is not a thing. And she's like, well, actually, and Ahsoka explains that she's been, you know, dealing with people that think that he's alive. And so she's like, ah, the map's real, so what do you think? And then they realize, well, this might mean that Ezra's alive, who, if you haven't watched Rebels, Ezra sacrifices himself to save pretty much everybody yep. and gets his shit rocked. And... Ezra was like a big, big chunk of their team. 
like a big emotional chunk. Ezra yeah. and Thrawn both vanish at the same time, uh, unbeknownst to the rest of the galaxy. They both disappeared at the same time. Everybody, know, everybody kind of noticed that Thrawn, Thrawn disappeared. Nobody really noticed that Ezra disappeared. Yeah. And the problem now, though, is also with this situation is they need to open the map. And they don't know how to do it. They're like, they're both of them are kind of looking at it like, well, shit, what is it? And Hera suggests contacting Sabine, who is Ahsoka's old apprentice uh, in Rebels. But they kind of had, you know, like a falling out just a little bit. And Ahsoka's like just kind of staring at her like, uh, I don't know about that. Remember when we said earlier this is kind of a fun live action uh, version of Rebels? We get to see Lothal in live action. Unironically, Lothal is probably one of my favorite planets in Star Wars just because of how much. Very rarely do we get to see a planet actually in development. It's very. Star Wars is very much like. I don't know. Planets are like speed bumps on the journey. Yeah. They're just kind of like yeah. pit stops. You're like, oh, hey, here's. Whereas with Lothal, like you grew to love it in the show. So we get to see live action Lothal and in all of its glory. It's been finally built up the way that it should be. And we actually get to see Clancy Brown play yeah. a live action writer Azadi, which is so cool. He did the voice in Rebels and he actually looks enough like the character that they've made him the live action version. And this is actually his second appearance uh, in live action Star Wars because he was yep. uh, one of the uh, mercenaries in Mandalorian when they were breaking out the prisoners. Yep. His voice is great too. Like I know him as like Luthor as like my main thing. When I hear his voice, I think of yeah. that in my brain. But he's so good, and just seeing him in live action is just—it's great. I love I, every anything he's in. I, I I'm always oh I'm yeah. Hooked. He's so he's giving a speech about a memorial commemorating uh, the sacrifice that was made by Ezra and the crew of the Ghost. Uh, and he's like, and you know what? I have a special treat for you, audience. I have one of those crew members here now, Sabine. Sabine! She's not there. <laughs> and it was great because he was just like, where the hell is she? And he, he fucking calls security on her. Yeah. He's like, yo, where is this chick? Because yeah. I ain't about this life. Now I look like a dummy. He's like, I'm unveiling the mural that she painted. Where is she? Well, well, where is she? Uh, Well, she's leaving the city. <laughs> we we go from the the mural that 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 was made and then all of a sudden it's her on a speeder booking it to this badass like rock music i mean it was it was awesome i love it when star wars takes uh, shows like the star wars take on music genres like the rock music was so freaking good it was so good uh the music was great i i loved it and and she's listening to it it's not like we're just like getting yeah. like she's clearly listening to it because she lowers it when the two security ships show up and are like, hey. Which, by the way, those security ships were flying an old cannon uh, version of ship called an E-Wing, which were originally supposed to replace the X-Wings, which is so cool to see them getting developed and getting screen time. I love it. My little Easter egg loving heart. You are like the biggest ship nerd. Like, I, I am, dude. like ships more than anything. I do. Fucking... Which is which is why it's so funny that like episode nine did nothing for me because I was like that was a ship fucking smorgasbord and I didn't care. <laughs> oh shit. So anyway, yeah, they're like, hey, can you pull over? Uh, we we, we you know, uh, license registration. The boss needs you. Like, yeah, well, it's funny because like these guys they know her like she's she's yeah. a commander in the Rebel Alliance so like they, she's their boss and they're like, hey, the the governor needs you back at this thing and she's like. 
make me bitch. And they're like, yeah, she's like, nah, homie, this ain't about it. They're like, fuck, like we're trying to do our job. One of them pulls down the road in front of her and she just doesn't stop. She just keeps going. She's she just like turns off her comm and just keeps going. And they're like, hey, 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 you, you're going to crash. Hey, hey. And she just like does this like trick shot like under the ship and just keeps going and goes back to her home. She lives in an old communications tower. Um, and they're just like, all right, never mind, just let her go. Like, I give up. And what's really cool is we see her being greeted by her loath cat, yes. which is definitely not a real cat wrapped in green screen, uh, green suit. Cause, uh, well, no, it was a puppet. It, I I don't know, man. It, no, there were, it, they mixed it. There was a mixture of CGI and puppet because like there's a couple of shots there where it was just like it just kept doing like a weird like head nod thing. I love practical effects. So I know, much. It looks and I so love good. that they keep doing it. It's awesome. Well, it was Star great. Wars. It, it was Star really Wars cool. is puppets. Star Wars is definitely like yes. you can mix some yes. CGI in there, but the creatures should be puppets. I agree, hundred percent. I agree. Now we get to see her feed her cat and space cat. That's what I like to call them. But uh, she gets she gets the feeder cat, and we see uh, you know her Mandalorian gear uh, in a shot underneath the table, just you know shoved under a table, just like I shove all the plastic bags under my sink, uh, <laughs> just just shoved under there. Which which like uh, the plastic bags in their sink, you put them there until they are needed. The exactly, armor is there until exactly. it's needed. So she opens up a box. It's kind of like a rebel memorabilia box that she has. Uh, you know, all her little awards and stuff, you know, first place trophies and stuff. She opens up this box and we see her bring out a little message, um, beacon thingy card, if you will. And, um, it's a message from Ezra and it's cute and it's sad. And it, it, again, it, it, uh, you don't have to watch rebels, but I have, you watch rebels. It, it, it leaves a little bit of an impact on you because you get yeah. to see that he, you know, he he definitely cared about Sabine a lot. Back on the Temple Planet, Elsbeth, Hades, Skull, and this new person that we've never seen are trying to figure out what happened. They just found, like, you know, the remains of a big battle. Hades finds out that the temple was created by the ancestors of Elsbeth, who are none other than the Night Sisters of Dathomir, which is really kind of cool. It ties it in that Elsbeth is a Night Sister, which is awesome, because we finally get to see them in live action, too. We saw them in Clone Wars. We saw them a little bit in Rebels, but this is nice to see them in live action. We see them in the video games too, which is really cool. Yeah. But and we go to Dathomir, but uh, seeing them—I mean, she's got the outfit on and everything. I thought it was sick. Yeah, that's kind of cool that they tied that in because, like, before we just thought she was just some random bureaucrat who knew how to use a, a staff. Um, Haiti seems to not trust her, and. It's really kind of funny because I think it's just more she just knew like oh she knows the Night Sisters' reputation. You're a it's witch. Like, you're a dark. You're a dark Jedi lady. Like you don't have room to judge. Yeah. You are dressed like a serial killer, and Elspeth sends uh, Haiti to Lothal because she knows that if Ahsoka is looking for someone to help uh, de- decode the map, she's gonna go to Lothal because she has a big connection there. That's kind of Ahsoka's base. Back on Lothal, Sabine is being terrorized by her memories she's dreaming and you can hear all the all the different quotes and stuff um and she's she's just not not in a good headspace um and wakes up uh and all of a sudden she's getting a call that ahsoka is showing up 
So she greets everyone. She goes to the hangar area and greets everyone. And you could say it was awkward. Yep. It was a very awkward meeting. Um, Azadi tells her that she's going to want to listen to what a, so, you know, you're going to want to hear what she has to say because that's a big deal. And to lead with the conversation, Ahsoka says that she thinks, now I find this very interesting, she thinks that she knows how to find Ezra. And the look on Sabine's face is like, oh, oh, awesome, great, you know, this is awesome. Yep. And I kind of felt like the reason she said this, instead of saying Thrawn stuff, was that she knows that Ezra is going to be much more of a priority to Sabine than Thrawn. She knows how to... I don't want to say manipulate because you're absolutely right. She knows that she knows that uh, Sabine won't really care as much for stopping some ancient dead admiral versus like saving her friend. And I think she's manipulating yeah. her a little bit to like try to get what she actually wants. Not in a bad way, you know, like just yeah. kind of being like, hey, you get what you want, which is Ezra back. And I get what I want, which is to stab Thrawn many times. <laughs> I mean, I, I felt more like it was it did feel manipulative, but it also felt like quid pro quo conversation guiding <laughs> like it was just like i'm gonna say the thing to make you interested in this and then we can focus on all of it yep i like yeah. that they go back to the ship and sabine starts looking around and you know she starts to notice like where her old you know where her bunk was like all of you know she's the memories of being ahsoka's apprentice are starting to come back ahsoka finally is like all right by the way the reason that i'm that i had to go find this thing is because uh, our enemies are seeking thrawn it's like do you think you can decode it and sabine's like i don't really know you have a scan of the temple because she's taking it from an artistic perspective they're mm -hmm. kind of using the mm -hmm. art which is very interesting because if you're in if you're a fan of thrawn you know he is also a fan of artwork, and that's how he operates. So it's kind of cool seeing the parallels between Sabine and Thrawn, and I'm hoping that'll come into play in the future events. Like maybe Thrawn will see her as a an equal or an opponent. That would be kind of cool to watch him maybe manipulate her through artwork. That'd be kind of fun. While they're doing that, Thrawn gets an update uh, for Ahsoka uh, from the lightsabers. He was told to analyze the lightsabers, and he brings them in. And I think it's kind of cool to watch him be like, "Hey." These, these things are dangerous. Like these guys, we 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 got to figure out what's going on with these. So let's scan these. And I have I have I have a big news for you. And what's really cool is at first, Ahsoka's like, Nah, I don't. Never. We'll wait a second on this, because because Sabine wants to take the map, right? Sabine's like, Let me take the map to somewhere where I can focus properly. Like I got the scans of the temple. I got the scans of the room you got it in. Let me leave and take the map with me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do my thing. And Ahsoka's very much like, no, no, too dangerous. Uh-uh, map stays here. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. And she's like, this is more important than just finding Ezra. And she's like, yeah, duh, I know, but like, I want to be able to focus. I can't focus here. And yeah. then Juan comes in and is like, I have an update. And and of course, Ahsoka's like, not now. And then yeah. and then Sabine's like, actually, no, it's fine. So she goes back. Ahsoka's like fucking creative types. I know, right? Uh, I mean, hey, technically this 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 droid is a creative type too, you know, making yeah. lightsabers and shit. And basically she finds out that they're they are mercenaries. She's definitely she knows she's definitely right on that one. And they come to the conclusion that the sabers were definitely created by the Jedi training that was given out. 
Uh, and one of them is owned by Scrawl. So Scrawl has uh, a specific lightsaber that this droid remembers making, like remembers the person making it. So we know. All right. So the thing about him is that he knows he remembers every single lightsaber yep. ever created under his tutelage. Exactly. From, from the fir- from the first Jedi that he ever worked with to Yoda to Anakin Skywalker to Obi Wan Kenobi, he knows all of their lightsabers and appearances, and he catalogs all of them. Because yep. in its own way, uh, lightsaber construction is its own art form. So he helps to inspire other Jedi by showing them what they what other, what the Jedi of the past have created. And so now we realize the whole master and apprentice situation, which we know is all too familiar. So Ahsoka comes back and shockingly Sabine has left with the map. <laughs> what? Really? Oh my yeah, god. Right? No. Who would have thought? No. She's like she's like freaking type two personalities. She's being tracked by Haiti. We actually get a really cool episode one shot of like a scouting droid coming back and like spotting her as she's leaving. It's it, you know, it's really fun. I love it. It reminded me of Maul. Like I said, oh yeah, it was definitely one, you got Maul vibes yeah. from her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sabine goes back to her uh, comms tower, which was originally Ezra's comms tower. Again, little you know, cameos or uh, connections. I love that. And uh, Ahsoka is actually speaking to Hera via hologram about how maybe it was a mistake, while Hera thinks it's actually the best chance that they have. You know, they talk about they talk about the complicated relationship that that Ahsoka has with with Sabine. And it's kind of funny because Hera kind of goes like, well, hey, you know, you had a complication with your master too. You can't really fault her for this. It's kind of it's kind of a thing. It's a family tradition at this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ahsoka, it kinda it kind of dawns on her that like She's kind of been running away from everybody. She walked away from the Jedi Order. She walked away from Anakin Skywalker. And now she's also walked away from Sabine. When things get too tough for her, she seems to walk away from them. And that's a realization that, like, you know, she always puts on the persona of being a tough warrior. But she's realizing more and more is that she's been walking away from the people and things that are important to her. That's not a great trait to have. No. 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 So back to our Star Wars video game sequences here. We see Sabine looking at the scan of the temple room, and she Definitely notices. Definitely felt like a puzzle sequence, didn't it? Yeah, it was so cool. It felt I felt like I was doing it with her. You know, I thought it was really fun. It was really cool to do. Um, but she she's staring at this screen, well, screen. She's staring at this hologram of the temple room, and she notices. She highlights uh, the three figures. And she's just kind of sitting there, and she's like, three figures, three faces. And then this, like, triad, like, infinity symbol kind of shows up on the floor. That's what that's what's on the floor. And she realizes, wait a minute. She starts moving the pieces around on the map, yeah. uh, the, the little orb, and she realizes that the symbol is kind of the key. And boom, she opens it right away. It's like not even trying. She just yeah. figures out this 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 giant supposed to be it's because really she studied hard, the ancient, art kevin she yeah, studied this, the art this is supposed to be like this ancient really hard to figure out thousands of year old rubik's cube but it's like an orb so she <laughs> rubik's figures it sphere. out like right away yeah she just is like oh there you go and as soon as she opens it she sees the orb which is the main star wars galaxy it becomes the center of it and then all of a sudden it like lights up and a little line goes out and she sees another galaxy 
And she's like, hold on a second. And so she walks outside and she kind of looks at the stars and she's like, I guess I'm going on a trip. And then all of a sudden her cat hisses and she's attacked by droids. The ambush. Who would have known? Which I love it. These are H. They, uh, we find out later what they're called, but these are these are like these really cool, like uh, Magna Guard looking assassin droids. And yeah. I love, I love seeing their uh, their skills. They're badass. Like, they're they're really, really cool. cool. They're really really cool. And they're very much with it because one of them goes into her room, not only steals the map, but shoots all of her calm and hollow recording equipment. So yes. she's not going to have all this information anymore. Brilliant. Which- is awesome yeah so she starts uh fighting them and escapes one of them and shoots it and destroys it and then she goes into her room and realizes oh shit all my stuff's destroyed she because she tried to chase the other one and she couldn't it got on the elevator before her and you know the door closed right in front of her odd drat foiled again uh, <laughs> pretty much and then uh she goes back in her room and it's, she looks at her mando gear and then looks at her lightsaber and grabs her lightsaber and now mind you this lightsaber was ezra's lightsaber originally and yes. now it's hers and so she grabs her lightsaber goes downstairs and is met with hottie haiti hottie i believe it's hottie haiti i don't know we haven't gotten a pronunciation yet a hottie, so... a hottie named haiti <laughs> yeah we'll go with that She's met with her down downstairs on the ground, and they get into a really cool lightsaber battle. Now, this lightsaber battle is kind of a mix of prequel lightsaber battles and just you know like I Luke was Skywalker if you noticed style. that, yeah, because this is yeah this is this is kind of fun. We uh, you know we've we've talked about it in uh, lore party episodes, which go listen to those if you haven't. Um, that the st- the fighting style between the prequels, original trilogy, and sequels each have their own unique feel. Uh, you know, the prequel trilogy is much more um, uh, flipping, you know, flipping awesome acrobatics and precise movements, whereas the sequel trilogy feels a lot more like baseball bats hitting each other. Yes, yes, they do. And this one is very much like, like, yeah, you see, like, flashes of movements because, you know, the prequel trilogy, they have full, complete mastery of the Force, whereas with the sequel trilogy, they read about it in movies. Uh... <laughs> oh, shit. You heard that yeah. right. They read about it in yeah. movies because that's how they that's how much they understand the force in those fucking movies. Yeah. Uh and so it was kind of cool watching like they have the moves down but they're not quite good at them yet, which is really cool to see. Yeah, and you can see the fighting styles like you can see Sabine is terribly lacking. Um and basically uh you, you she puts out a comm link prior and she's like, "Hey, I need help." And so Ahsoka's on her way and she makes it, but just in time for Sabine to get stabbed. Yep. Which I need to address the elephant in the room here because I saw so many stupid freaking memes about like, oh, lightsabers aren't dangerous anymore. And I was in that camp. I was in that camp for the Reva stuff. But this one, I, I actually, I took a 180 on this. I know I talked to you about this the other night, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Sabine was stabbed, but she was stabbed in the side. And Ahsoka was there immediately to get her on the ship and get her medical attention. Yeah. Yeah. Qui-Gon Jinn, everyone was like, well, how come Qui-Gon died? Qui-Gon got stabbed through the freaking spine. Yeah. And was laying there for we don't know how many minutes while Obi-Wan finished fighting Maul. Yeah. He bled out and died. Whereas with Sabine, Sabine got help right away. 
Reva, Reva's up for debate. Reva probably should have died. I, I, I fully believe Reva probably should have died. But she was too angry to die because that's a thing that Sith can do. I mean, Anakin Skywalker did it. Just he saying. did. Exactly. Just saying. Yeah. He suffered way worse. And that's where we end the episode. Yes, with a stabbed Sabine. A stabbed Sabine. And it was kind of cool because like she she lets out like a like a like a little like a little like heh, like a last like last breath and it's right at a cut. And I was like, I legitimately was like, did they just kill Sabine Wren? Did they kill a Rebels character like in the first episode? Spoiler alert, they didn't because we saw her in the freaking trailers. But it was interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. It built the stakes. I I was I thought that was an awesome way to end the episode. So put your feet up. We're gonna take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back, and we're going to give you all our thoughts on this amazing episode. All right, so overall yes. thoughts. I'm just going to say it. I remember saying it out loud, and I texted it to you right away because we watched this at the same time, Yeah, uh, and we were texting the whole time. I said straight up, now this is Star Wars. This is Absolutely. Star Wars for the modern day, if you will. The sound design, phenomenal. I cannot get over the amazing music and just the quality of how the sound design was produced. That's my first thing was yes. sound fucking kick-ass. Abs- oh I God, mean, it was, awesome. it was great. The drums. We have drums in Star Wars now. It's just a thing, and I love it. I love that drums are a thing in Star Wars. They're mixing in some tribal stuff, which is really fun. You it's know, amazing. It's Yeah, it's great. I want to talk about this real quick because I think that it's it's something that the sequel trilogies missed. Star Wars is more fun when you have multiple Jedi and Sith running around to play with. 100% I agree. Get, I get the idea like Darth Vader, cool as shit. But like when you add the Inquisitors in there, super fun. Like the fact that we have like multiple dark Jedi, they're not really Sith, they're dark Jedi. I mean, I'm not going to give them Sith titles yet because they're not... Their blades aren't even red, they're orange. Um, yeah, and okay, so, I'll give it to you, that's fine. Yeah, and so like it's so fun just to see like these dark Jedi and, and Ahsoka and eventually probably Sabine running around doing lightsaber combat. It's just so fun to see expansion of this world. I'm so excited. It's why I love like KOTOR and the Old Republic, because it was just so cool to just see like armies of Jedi and Sith duking it out. It's It's definitely much more fun uh with with characters that can do similar things and not just the one person does the one thing. Now the other thing I loved was the character designs and like yes. the prop. Like wardrobe, wardrobe, you guys kicked ass because wardrobe killed it. Yeah. I loved how like these dark Jedi looked. They were wearing like this medieval armor. Yeah. With like, with, like just a little bit of tech on it. And it felt very old Republic. Like I, I, I have a Sith Juggernaut in the Old Republic that has a uh, robe, but also has like this like weird medieval style outfit underneath it, and it just it looks so cool. And they looked awesome. They looked so cool. I, I was totally for it. Um, they, they looked something literally out of like just like old star wars it felt i don't know i don't know it, it felt really cool um and i think i think uh haiti hottie she is menacing as fuck she barely talks and just gets down to business and she's kind of scary i i love it 
Um, and Skull is just massive. I mean, massive. He's five. He's, he's six three. Yep. So you got that height going for you, but just just his presence, um, on screen is very much just like like he is a presence on screen. Such a shame that we lost him. We lost him too soon. If, if those of you who don't know, the, the actor playing Skull, uh, yeah, away, unfortunately, month a uh, couple of months before the show aired, Ray Stevenson was a badass. Yes, uh, as an actor, he was a badass. Like he had these amazing roles, and I think this is this is a great role. Like I get why he was cast as this, um, because he he just commands the scene when he's in it like i want him to talk i want to know what's going on in his head like it, it amazing character amazing like choice um but yeah ray stevenson was this just commanding presence i think honestly that this was a great introductory episode i think it it, it gives you an intriguing New angle for Star Wars. You know, Mandalorian has its own charm. Book of Boba Fett has its own charm. This one has, like, a great mystery element to it. Like, like the, the thing that, like, people always, like, talk about, like, the, the one I, I have to compare it to is Andor. Because Andor yeah. just hit the ground running. Andor was just so good. But, like, you understand that, like, like the character of Andor would not work in Ahsoka. Ahsoka would not work in Andor. And I'm so glad that we're getting variety within a show or a genre or a universe. I love that there's yeah. there like you can still enjoy it, but like you know, there's a different element. There's a mis. This almost feels like a mystery call to action for Ahsoka versus like Mandalorian, which was just like you know old western do a thing to do a thing kind of thing. You understand yeah. the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I think that's perfect. So we have some quotes from this episode. Uh, a couple of we act, I actually picked a lot of, uh, of these out because they were just so good. Um, the first one is from uh, Skull, uh, looking like an evil Santa as he kills the captain. Uh, he says, "You're right about one thing, Captain. We are no Jedi." And I thought that was just badass. That's like, the fun. whole thing about let me show you our my identification was good too. But this is cool. I thought this was really sick. The next quote we had was, uh, uh, how did you get her to tell the truth? Let's just say I didn't follow standard Jedi protocol. She's referring to how she uh, got the location of the map from Morgan, which I I love that because that's such a Ahsoka Anakin line. Like, that's such oh, yeah. a, like, like, well, we didn't, we didn't do what we're supposed to do, but we still got the thing. I mean, even, even then with, like, the map, right? Hera says, because they can't get the map open, Hera's just like, it's never a straight line with you, Jedi, is it? And that's that is it. Like it's net. Like there's always some stupid riddle or some stupid lesson to learn. You can't just you know, you can't just pick your ship up out of the swamp. You got to do it with a little green guy on your back <laughs> to help you. Like yeah, there's always something. There's always something. There's like always it's ridiculous. Something. But I get it. It ma- it makes sense. The other line too is with Sabine when she's like asked to be pulled over they're like you know we have orders to to, to you know get you to pull over and and go back and she goes well here's a new order get lost and that's just great personality right there like that's just her personality right there coming through because you know she's like in charge and and she's just doing her own thing she's an emotional mess a little bit at the moment and 
He's just like, leave me alone. I'll be left alone. Go away. I love it because like it also shows like like she knows who these guys are. It's like you know like fucking yeah, yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. Like you leave me alone. Like I'm just I'm trying to get to my work. And Morgan Elizabeth also has a great line where she says, "Luck has nothing to do with it. Fate has decided our next move." Like she's so confident in bringing Thrawn back into the real world that she's like, "Nope." I see the real world by the way. He's in another galaxy, but I, I like to imagine like he's being brought back from another dimension. I think like that whole concept of like luck's not real, fate is is the thing. That's like typical like that's very force usery shit. Yeah, that typical night sister bullshit. Like they're very into like you know the fate thing, which which yeah that makes sense. And then I thought it was really funny when uh, Sabine greets everybody. She looks at uh, Huang and she's just like, "Hello, still in one piece?" And he's like, "Oh yes, and still seventy five percent original parts." I thought that was really funny. That's because really like fun. he gets his shit rocked all the time. And remember, he got he got kind of messed up in Rebels. Yeah. So I thought that was really the nice little callback. Uh, and speaking of uh, of old Jedi things, uh, you know, Sabine says, uh, "So where do you call home these days?" And Ahsoka just kind of like points around her fucking ship. It's like the ship yeah. serves me well. It's like still, don't you ever get tired of going from one place to another? And she says, "I go where I'm needed." And Sabine just gives a nice little dig. She goes, not always. This conversation was really good because they just kind of kept jabbing at each other. Because yep. later on, Ahsoka says, there is nothing easy about being a Jedi. And I think that, remember when we talked about Temptation? There's nothing easy about being a Jedi. That's, that is it right there. That's being yep. a Jedi. It's not easy. And that's the whole kind of the whole point is it's not easy. Um but yeah, and I, I think that that concept trans, translates very well, that she knows that and acknowledges that and is trying to pass that on. Like, hey, the whole point is you need to work at this, and it, and, it, and it's okay that this, you know, is, is, a, is a challenge, but you need to do it. Uh, another quote we liked was uh, uh, when Huang was talking to uh, Ahsoka about uh, Skull and Katie. If trained in the Jedi arts, both would be formidable adversaries for you alone. Of course, you may not be alone for much longer, which is kind of fun because it's kind of him, you know, he's voicing like, hey, I would like you to not be alone. I would like you to have someone watching your back. I like it better when you're part of a team. Yeah, because Ahsoka's been alone now for quite a while. Um, this is a couple years after the end of Rebels, and so she's been on her own we're, we're, for we got i gotta figure bit. out a timeline of this i gotta look i gotta look this up this show yeah because so i know it's a couple of years later um because sabine has really long hair now and she doesn't have long hair in rebels which yep. i will tell you i actually like the long hair i think it looks kind of badass well too bad really cool yeah 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 we'll get to that in the next episode but um i thought i thought it was pretty good but spe speaking of cutting hair we'll get we'll get into that uh in the next episode but when Hera and Ahsoka are talking, Ahsoka says she's still just as stubborn and bullish as ever, which, haha, that's Ahsoka too, and that's also Anakin Skywalker. It, it just sounds like Obi-Wan talking about Anakin, so it, it's, again, the family tree, it keeps going, but Hera goes, she's Mandalorian. Mentoring someone is a challenge. Yep. I bet your master found you difficult at times. <laughs> I mean, it, again, the family tree here of uh, apprentice masters here. It's it's it pretty much nothing changes with these. No, people. not at all. It's growing pains. It's all about growing. Like literally, the master and apprentice role is just growing pains. 
So the last quote we have for you too is, uh, sometimes even the right reasons have the wrong consequences. What do we do then? Which is, which I, I think has bigger applications going forward in the Star Wars universe because Ezra sacrificing himself, the consequence was for the short term they saved Lothal, but who knows what, what damage that will do in the long term once Thrawn returns. Yeah. And I think that just also, because they're also talking about like Ahsoka leaving. So like she left for the right reasons, but obviously the consequences weren't great. And I mean, you could say that about all this stuff, right? Like Anakin Skywalker, the reasons he wants to save his wife, right? The consequences are he destroys the entire galactic government and kills many of younglings. And like, that's the thing is like all that. I think that it encompasses Star Wars, this quote right there, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I thought these quotes were really good. I think this episode had a lot of really good, like banter and fun. Um, was really funny was because we're trying to find another world, right? I just, my, when I, when I think of like, Oh man, Tantalor, like, like, I just kept thinking like, like Jedi survivor. Like I just kept thinking that, um, but yeah, yeah like, you, I like you te- one of the things you texted me was like Cal Kestis when, and I was like, I don't, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, there's a reason, there's a reason they cast uh, a guy who looks like the character, you know, there's a reason they modeled it after him because it's going to happen. It felt very, so, so the games feel really great when it comes to like all the ancient stuff and like exploring the world and the lore and like the old Republic stuff. And I think that that's where kind of getting toward like not necessarily old republic but like old star wars um maybe old republic time it just it feels really cool and exciting to explore it's all new essentially new stuff you know new territory um and i'm having a blast with it so far and i'm not trying to just say like you know uh, be a fanboy but i i thought it was i thought it was fun it was just fun i think it's just yeah this is just a great I think everything everything came across great. This first episode was great. Uh, we'll talk about the second episode uh, next time, but second episode, just a spoiler alert and preview, was also quite quite good. I enjoyed it a lot. Yes, it did feel like two like one long movie. If you watch them right back to back, it just feels it did, like a long yeah. movie, which is great. I'm not complaining. Like the Soka movie, you know, just same thing yeah. with like Andor. The first three episodes felt like an Andor mini movie, yep. so it, very similar. But I will leave this episode with saying that. This episode, if you really watch and pay attention, this was you texted me this. This was ran by female leads. The yep. whole thing was pretty much female lead characters, and I thought it was awesome. I yeah. thought they did a great job. I, I you know, it, it, I, I, I texted you, and then your first response, I think, was just like, like I didn't even notice, and I was like, yeah, that's that's yeah. The, that's good. That's the point, and I think it, I think it was it was great. I think I'm I'm not sure uh, that there's. A lot of the ghost crew is either, uh, spoiler alert, dead or uh, not in the right spot to fill it up. But I'm hoping we'll get more reunions as the show goes on. Uh, but I think, honestly, I think that this was a, a great way to uh, portray female characters in the Star Wars universe. You know, there's always been a lot of talk of uh, the dreaded Mary Sue conversation. But I think this was a very well done episode. And I think it was a very well done introduction for these characters and just showing their showing their abilities and their competencies and their just their uh, command presence. And I think the show is fantastic. And I think they did yeah. a great job of not making anyone 
anyone uh, feel too forced to be in the room, and I really like that. I think I, I don't yeah. I, I should I don't know if uh, I don't know if this passes the Bechtel test, uh, but we 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 should we should. I don't I think, think it, it does. I yeah. They talk about Ezra. Yeah, but like, is she in love with him, or is it just like he's because he even says like you're like my sister in the message. Yeah. So like, I I think it does. Yeah. What the what the and, and also what? like I mean I did see I saw people complaining already about this bullshit love like yeah. you know well, uh, it's, 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 look I, I all i gotta say is take a step back and and think about it like why are you not connecting with these characters are you thinking that you're forcing yourself to not connect with them like like it was good like nobody was trying to do anything to like force you to to not connect like i don't know i just yeah. i just feel like these characters were so well done. They're already well written and all that. And 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 the thing is, if you've never watched Rebels, you'll still love it, which is very hard to do because this is this is a direct sequel series to Rebels. But like, if you haven't watched, like I I I've watched this episode twice now, and I I, I watched it you know from my fanboy perspective, and then I watched it from the perspective of like because my parents love Star Wars, but they've never seen Rebels. So I was like, so they asked me, are am I going to be confused? And I was like, no, because the show is so well done. Yeah. And with that, we really hope that you guys enjoyed our first official Ahsoka episode here on The Lost Cantina. If you have a second, please take a minute to review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are getting your podcasts. It really helps us. We're a new show. We're trying to grow. Please, if you know someone who loves Star Wars, please give them a link. We would really appreciate it. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at The Lost Cantina. Sorry, at X at The Lost Cantina. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. May the force be with you and we will catch you on the next one.